Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you could please turn with me, we're making our way through the book of Revelation. So we're in Revelation chapter 22. We're going to look at verse 16. We're only going to look at one verse. The title of our message is The Bright and Morning Star. The Bright and Morning Star. As we're going to see, Jesus calls himself the bright and morning star. Uh, also, we've looked at this before. Jesus said he's the light of the world. And then, if that's not enough, as his children, those that accept him, he calls us the light of the world. And he calls us to let our light so shine before men. It says that they will see our good works and they'll glorify who? Our Father in heaven, right? So that means that we should stand out. We should be different than this world. We're children of light. Something in our lives should change. And I, I just remember when my sister first accepted Christ and just watching that change that took place in her life. And I was drawn to that. I was like, I want what she has. But then she'd said, well, you know, you need to turn from sin. I was like, well, well, maybe not. You know, it's like I, I kind of like my sin. But then I got to a point to realize my sin wasn't so great as I thought it was. And actually, it was bringing depression. It was bringing all kinds of terrible things. And so at one point in my life, I called out to the Lord and I accepted him as my savior. Now I'm a child of light. And so much so, there was a change in me, my friends, my best friend, I'll never forget. He, he came to me once and he says, I, I miss the old Joe. And I go, what, the guy that drank all the time, was partying and all that? He goes, yeah, I miss that guy. And I says, well, he's dead. He's not coming back. I'm changed. And that's a good thing. He still doesn't understand that. And he still you know, thinks that I'm the one that's really strange. But when God steps into our lives, he shines his light inside of us and he cleans us up from the inside, which is great. I was trying all the time to do the right things on the outside. It's like I would do things wrong and I'd say, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to do that again. And guess what? I did it again. Well, I didn't have the power not to do it. But now, because I accepted Christ, his Holy Spirit lives inside of me. And he's doing the changes in me. As I yield myself to him, we are children of light and we should be different. Listen, if you're a Christian here today, don't try to be like the world because they're lost. They're confused. We have the answers. And the Bible makes it very clear that you will know the what? Truth. And the truth will do what? The truth sets you free. We, are, we have such freedom in Christ and we are different. We're children of the light and our Lord Jesus Christ is considered the bright and morning star. So that's one of the things we're gonna look at in our text. So if you can please stand with me, I'm gonna go ahead and read just this one verse. Revelation 22, verse 16. Jesus, if you notice it's in red, Jesus says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Lord, again, there's a whole new group of people here, those watching us online, and, and I, I trust that you desire to speak to everybody. So through your word, again, just please speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. So... I don't know if you notice, we're kind of slowing down at the end of the book of Revelation here. I considered doing a half a verse instead of a whole verse. 
because it's been so good, the book of Revelation tells our future. No other book that you can read, that you can count on, that can tell what will happen in the future. And we've been looking at that. We've been looking at the things that will take place. And so we've been spending time with that. And we've been going through this wonderful book. Uh, So we probably have one or two more weeks left in the book of Revelation. Then we're going to be going, as I mentioned last week, First and Second Thessalonians. Both of those books are called prophetic books. They talk about end times, the coming of Christ, and what will happen in the end days. So I'm excited about going through those two books. So we've got some good stuff to look forward to. So there's a lot to cover here. So I don't want to take too much time other than to say, which I love to say this every Sunday, the book of Revelation is the only book in the entire Bible that promises us a threefold what? Blessing. We're blessed when we read it, we're blessed when we hear it, and we're blessed when we apply it. So we just read it. We just heard it being read. Even though it's one verse, we heard it read. And we can pack up right now and go home, and we're promised, guaranteed by God to be blessed. But there's one more part we didn't do yet in application. So let's see if we can bring some application with this one verse. Verse 16. Look how personal it is. He says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you those things in the, can we say that word? In the churches. Jesus is saying, I sent my angel. An angel is a messenger. The, the, the translation of angel, messenger. He sent his messenger. So it could be the angel that met up with John when they were when this was being written. It's very possible that's what it means. The angel, remember John the Apostle, when he, when he was there in front of the angel, he bowed down and started worshiping. Remember what the angel said? He said, don't do that. Worship God, don't worship me. So it could mean that. But also the translation could be pastor, messenger, pastor. And why it might be that is because to testify. The pastors should be testifying in the churches the things in the book of Revelation. Why? Because it tells us the future. It tells us what will happen in the future, and it's important that we do. So we've spent a lot of time through the book of Revelation, and I want to just review quickly a timeline here, the end times uh, timeline. So before the cross, is as known as the Old Testament times. That's before Christ died on the cross, right? And then when we went to Revelation chapter two and three, that's the present church age. I believe we're right there, Mother's Day, right there, May 8th, <laughs> just before the rapture. I really believe that. I believe the rapture of the church, we've talked about this many times, can happen at any time. My question to you, are you rapture ready? Are you ready to meet the Lord in the air? Only through Christ can you be ready. So we look through this timeline. So I believe right there, we're close. And please don't say Pastor Joe's setting dates. I'm not setting dates. I'm expecting him to come at any time. But so I believe it's just before the rapture. The rapture can happen. But then check this out. Revelation 6 to 19, we looked at all the plagues. So there's going to be the time of tribulation, seven years of tribulation. It's seven years of tribulation that God will pour out his wrath upon the, the earth that's rejected him right? But it's also a time of Israel. You guys know that, right? Where God will again turn back to the nation of Israel, the Bible tells us, and he will pour out his spirit on the nation of Israel. Right now, he's pouring out his spirit on the church. He's going to turn. We're going to be raptured. And Ezekiel 38, 39 talks about how he's going to turn and he will pour out his, his spirit upon the nation of Israel. Why do you think the two groups are being persecuted the most, the Christians and Jews? Why? Because we're God's people and we're hated, Anti-Semitism is just unbelievable. Why? I, I believe it's demonic. It's evil. It's hatred. 
So the seven years of tribulation is going to be, uh, God's going to pour out his wrath. There's going to be one, we've looked at this, the Antichrist. See, there's going to be a one world government, right? Are we looking towards that at all lately? One world leader, we know him as the Antichrist. There's going to be a one, the Bible tells us, we've been looking at this, we've been talking about this way before it was, was on the front page news. There's going to be one uh, monetary system, digital monetary system, basically, the, the mark of the hand on the forehead and on the right hand. There's going to be a one world religion. So we talked about all this. So we testified. We're to, to know about all these things that are going to happen. That's going to happen uh, during the tribulation period. You're going to see all that craziness going on, but we're not going to be here. That's the best part. Literally all hell will break loose on this earth. You think this pandemic thing was bad? This is nothing. Approximately, the Bible t predicts approximately 50% of all the world population will be wiped out in the seven years with famine, food shortages, pestilence, wars, and the it just goes on and on and on. That will happen. So you've got the seven seal judgments, the seven trumpet judgments, as we looked at, and the seven bull judgments. Then Christ returns, the second coming. We looked at that, right? And then the millennial kingdom. We looked at that in Revelation 20, where a thousand-year reign of Christ. I'm looking forward to that. It'll be similar to the Garden of Eden, Remember? Remember, it says the trees of the field will clap their hands. I'm really, I don't know why. I'm looking forward to seeing trees clapping their hands. I don't know why. The lion will lay down with the wolf the, so that it's going to be totally different here on the earth, a thousand-year reign of Christ. So we looked at that in detail. But then the eternal state, we've been spending quite a few months looking at uh, Revelation 21 and 22, the new heaven, the new earth, where we will live happily ever after. So that's what uh, we're to testify of these things, I, I want to point out in the new heaven and new earth, this part I love, God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more death, no more separation from our loved ones. That will be great. I, I mentioned for Mother's Day, you guys know this, five months old, my, my mother went to be with the Lord, so I don't, I'm looking forward to seeing her, meeting her, but guess what? We'll never be separated again. No more death right? No more sorrow. Do you have any sorrow today? Give it to him, but it, it'll be gone. No more crying. No more. Can we say that out loud? Pain. pain. I hate pain. I don't know about you. I don't like pain. No more pain. For the former things will pass away. And then Jesus says, I make all things what? I make everything. I make all things new. So the messengers. I want to use this because I'd like to bring some application do you realize as a believer in Christ, you're considered a messenger for God? Guess what? We've got a message. And it's very simple. Christ Jesus died for your sins. Everybody sins. We all fall short of the glory of God. Sin separates you from a holy God. All you need to do is realize the one Jesus that more is written about that man than any other man that walked this earth. Yeah, he was real. We, we have facts of that. There's facts to that. But he died for a reason. He died on the cross to take away our sin. Why? Because sin separate us, separates us from a holy God. It's that simple. But it's our message. We had a group that on Friday, I guess they went to Cyprus, the high school, Cyprus High School. And, and Ina told me that, I guess, seven kids prayed to receive Christ there in front of the high school. I just, I want to give the Lord a hand for that. Because it's just awesome. I wasn't a Christian during the Jesus movement in the seven, early 70s. You know, I was doing crazy things back then. I was kind of young too, but 
I believe in this church, what we're seeing with these young kids, we're seeing a little bit of a Jesus movement taking place again. These young kids, I went down to the, the, the uh, college group on just this past Friday, went downstairs, all these kids are down. I'm like, God, you're so good. God is doing a work in our midst. Why? Because the simple message is going out. It's very simple, but it's very profound. We're his messengers, guys. We have a powerful message. What, what are we told? Paul the Apostle told us in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, now then, we are, can we say that out loud, please? Ambassadors. Do you realize you're an ambassador of Christ? You represent Christ in this world, ambassadors of Christ, as though God were doing what? Pleading through us. Without Christ, people do not have a relationship with God. It's that simple. So we're called to tell people, hey, do you want a relationship with God? Do you realize God doesn't want religion? Do you know what the, even the core of that word means? Religion means to what? To bind. That's what religion means, to bind. It binds rules. You know what rules and, and, and all that? It, it makes you weighed down. I tried it. You know, these rules and regulations, it's religion. Oh, it's heavy. But he doesn't want that. God wants a relationship with us. You know how freeing that is? I know I'm preaching to the choir, but it's, I have a relationship with God. I have a relationship with the very one that spoke the stars into existence. Matter of fact, he named them all by name as he created them. We have a relationship with him, and we're called just to let people know, hey, do you want a relationship with God through Jesus? And do you know what's a powerful message? Are you blown away? I am blown away when I share the simple message with people, and then the next thing I know, they're crying, they're weeping, and they give their lives to Christ, and they're like, whoa, what? And then, then you look at them, and they're transformed, and then they, they go home and tell their family, and then next thing you know, their kids are here, and then they're being changed, and next thing you know, they invite the neighbors, and the neighbors are being changed, and they're, they're, they're you know, not doing drugs anymore, they're not cheating on their spouses anymore, and you're just like, what? Paul the Apostle said, and I hope you guys real, realize this, Paul the Apostle said, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Christ, for it is the what? Power. The power of God to salvation to who? Everyone. Everyone who believes. It's so powerful for the what? Jew first. Paul the Apostle, when he'd go into a new town, he'd go right to the synagogues. He would talk to the Jews first. Many rejected him, said, no, we don't believe in that, Jew, that you're Messiah. And he, you know, some followed, some believed, some were converted, and then he would go to the Greeks, which is the Gentiles, and he would just preach to the Gentiles. Many of the Gentiles believe. Why? We're actually living right now, it's called the time of the Gentiles. In part, the Bible says that in part, the Jewish people, there's a, there's a blinder over their mind that they can't even see the truth. But some do, some get it, but for, for the most part, many. And then, so listen to this, but when Jesus Christ when, when we're taken up out of the way, like as I mentioned before, he's gonna pour out his spirit on the Jewish people and they're gonna realize the one that was pierced that, that this was their Messiah. And there's gonna be a revival that's gonna take place. God is not through with the nation of Israel. And I hate, I hate there's churches that have, they, they believe in replacement theology. We do not believe in that. They say, well, the church replaces the Jews. No, God's not through with with Israel, I, I pray that you understand that. But my, my point is, that message is so powerful. I think of Rachel and Alan, you guys, they moved to Whittier, they're, I talked to them yesterday, they're coming back, they're moving back here to be back at our church. But so back in 2003, when the church started, it'll be 20 years next year, somebody handed them, listen to this, somebody handed them an invitation to church, right? So she put it on her fridge, because she's thinking, okay, we need to go to that church. and. And so then uh, their relationship, their marriage was so bad, all their friends were telling them, you guys need to get divorced. It's not going to work. You're just not meant for each other, right? 
So they're thinking about divorce. They're planning a divorce. They figure this, not gonna, this marriage is not going to work, right? But one day she wakes up and she sees the, the, the flyer to the church five years later. It was on her, her fridge for five years. She takes the, the invite, right? And she tells her husband, she goes, I'm going to that little church. And he goes, I'm going with you. And she goes, no, I'm going. I don't, I'm doing this for me. He goes, well, I'm going to go with you. She goes, no, well, do it for yourself, but don't do it for me. I'm going to that church. <laughs> I'll never forget the day in the little woman's club as the gospel went out with her hands shaking and she accepted Jesus within like a couple weeks and she gave her life to Christ. Her husband was Jewish. It took him a little while. He's a little stubborn. It took him about, I don't know, about five or six months. And finally, I'll never forget the day. He walks up to me. It was the day, the triumphant entry of Jesus Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We talked about how Jesus showed up right on time and he came up front and he says, this is the day. And I go, what, Alan? And I knew what he was talking about, but I wanted him to say it. I go, what, what, what do you mean? It's the day for what? And he says, this is the day that I'm going to receive Christ as my Savior. And God has blessed their marriage. And God has changed them and transformed them. And God is working in their lives. I'm looking around the room at people that just recently accepted Christ as their Savior. And we're watching them right before our eyes. They're changing right before our eyes. I told you the testimony when I was serving at Calvary Costa Mesa under Chuck Smith. A couple came up from Boston. Remember this story? They come up from Boston, and, they're, and so they wanted to pray. And I go, what do you guys need prayer for? He says, it's, and the, the husband says, it's my wife. You know, she's got an anger problem. And I looked over at her, and she's like, you know, like, <laughs> you're right. She's got anger. And I go, wait, wait, let's back it up. Are you guys Christians? He goes, well, you know, I just accepted the Lord a few weeks ago. And he says, but my wife hasn't. And, and I says, well, hon, do you understand the gospel? And she's like, yeah, I understand. She says, I mean, she really had that really bad anger problem. And I said, well, do you want to pray? And she's like, yeah, yeah. So we prayed. I'm not exaggerating even a little bit. She prayed to receive Jesus. I watched her change right before my eyes. It was just sin. And that's what Christ died for to take away the sins of the world. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. This couple from Boston, would, whenever they were in town, they'd come visit us, and they'd come to church, and we'd hang out with them. And, and she was a changed woman from that point on. Not everyone's radically changed like that. I was radically changed. My wife, it took a while. It's just, it was a slower process. She'd, no, she'll admittedly say that. She's looking at me like, I'm not talking about wherever she's at. She'll agree. It's just, no, hers was different. Mine was a radical change. I was radically changed. My wife, she'll tell you. It took her a while. It was just a, a slower process. Not every, I felt the Lord when I accepted Christ. I felt his Holy Spirit fill me. I felt the power of the Holy Spirit. I sensed his presence. My wife's different. She doesn't, you know, she's not the you know, sensitive feeling in that type of way. She's like, well, she's like, how come I don't feel these things? I don't know, but that's just, it's different. We're all different. But are you changed? You see, the message is simple. But when you accept Christ as your Savior, there needs to be a change. The same Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of us as believers. So if there's no change taking place, then you may not have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Jesus told one of the most religious men that ever walked the earth, his name was Nicodemus, he told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must have a spiritual birth. He was religious. He was the most religious rabbi of the day. 
He's told Nicodemus, he says, you know, that which is born of flesh is flesh. We're all born in the flesh, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. He says, you must be born again if you even want to see heaven. You need to have a spiritual birth. See, Jesus gave him the message, and Nicodemus, this very religious man, ended up accepting Christ. It's the Messiah, it's the Savior. You know the scriptures. And he was changed. The message we have is powerful. We've been entrusted with this powerful message the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We're his messengers. We're his ambassadors. But don't ever forget how powerful the message is. It's powerful. It's not us. It's not how well we package it. We don't have to go to, you know, some kind of schooling to be, you know, super evangelist or nothing like that. It's the message itself. Do you believe? Be encouraged. Continue to share the powerful message of Christ. With this being messengers, I, I want to remind all of us as believers, the Bible makes it very clear in Matthew chapter 5, we're called the salt in the light of the earth. Salt, as we mentioned even earlier, salt stops decay. We're, we're supposed to do that. I, I get a lot of people upset with me, say, Pastor, you should only be preaching the gospel. I, I preach the gospel every Sunday. Well, you shouldn't get involved in politics. Did anybody ever tell you you're not supposed to get involved in politics? And I hand him the Bible. I said, please show me this. Because if the Bible says that I don't, I'm not supposed to do this, I want to obey God. Please show me. And they're like, well, I just know you're not supposed to. Of course you can't point it out to me in the Bible. Why? Because just about everybody in the Bible was involved in politics. Why? Listen, why? Why, why, did, why did John the Baptist get beheaded? Because he called out a corrupt politician. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're like, we're not going to bow down to your statue. They, they defied the government. The midwives were told to kill the, the Hebrew boys. We looked at that at last uh, Sunday, to kill all the firstborn babies. And they said, no, we're, we fear God. We're going to obey God. Remember, we looked at this last Sunday. What happened? God blessed them. We're called to be salt and light. And we're living in a day, guys, listen, seriously. We're living in a day right now where we need to stand up for what's right and truth. That's why I'm very blessed to have these two people st- sitting right here before us, because they're standing up for truth. There's very few out there that are doing that right now. Shame on the church, shame on the pastors, and yeah, I'm talking to those in the camera, shame on you pastors if you're not being salt and light and you're not equipping the saints because there's a battle that's taking place. Decay is real, and as salt, we we, we step in and say, no, that's decay, it's wrong. Well, I, I did my fact check and you're wrong. Well, this is my fact check, it's right here, it's the Bible. Challenge me with the Bible. Don't challenge me with these, these corrupt people that try to put out fact checks that they need, to, they need the Lord because they do not know what they're talking about. But salt and light. So what's going on? With being salt and light, as we stand up, light exposes that, those things that are in darkness. It, it reveals truth. When the, you turn on a light, you see what's real and true. And that's what we're called to do, guys. How about this? This is from Mary Barkey. She uses this as part of her PowerPoint. Look at this, Hamilton High School in Los Angeles, California. So not only do we have the Black Lives Matter in a classroom, also the gay pride, and we we pray for the homosexual community. They need Jesus. God loves them. But that's in a classroom. But look at this poster. It says there in this poster, blank the police and blank America. On a poster in a classroom in a public school. Salt and Light says, that's wrong. That should not be in the classrooms. Uh, where's, where's the American flag, by the way? And then you have this. Did you guys see this? New Oregon law calls menstrual, this is called Menstrual Dignity Act. Now, it requires menstrual products in boys' bathrooms. 
Yeah, and it starts at age kindergarten through 12th grade. It's the law. They have to have these products in bathrooms. Which part of science are they following? They're telling us, follow science? In Genesis, it tells us that God will bless those that bless the, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Jewish people. And it says, I will curse those that curse you. I strongly believe the reason why this country has been so blessed for so many years is because we've been standing strong with the nation of Israel. When we start turning our back on the nation of Israel, watch out. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.